Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. You know, I got a bunch of like negative feedback from people when we switched to this intro, but I just get like pumped every time I hear it. Oh, I right? get real pumped. They like their old intro better? Yeah, that lame. It was just like, they're like, this is just manly and weird. I'm like, no, yeah. This one's way better. Um, like, I still think mm. it should be like. <laughs> You're back on this. The Yeah. Not, all I can think of is like bar mitzvah. Yeah, like Israeli folk music kind of stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, we need to Klezmer. play it. Klezmer. We, we need a drop Klezmer of music. the Klezmer music. It's amazing. It's so like that we can Fiddler on the Roof music. Yeah, that would be it's, interesting. I, I love it. I think that would be fantastic if it was just like got some accordion and things going on. And yeah. then it's like, I don't know. welcome to Prodigal and the Priest. But it would have to me. be like... Hey, welcome to Prodigal and the Priest. Yeah, no, it'd be like, totally different. You'd have feel. to, yeah, different vibe. I think it would eliminate any credibility we have with our listeners. Maybe we do have a lot to lose. <laughs> uh, Millions. Yeah. So welcome, Joey Scansella, Father Paul Bechter here for Prodigal and the Priest, and me, aka our question edition of the podcast. And so, welcome back to the reception room here at St. Anne's <laughs> Parish where we have It's working out it's good. We nice. got the tree, we got the TV, we got a little setup Great here. Great acoustics. So. Yeah, sure. Do acoustics make a difference on a podcast? Yeah. You literally <laughs> asked this last time and I said, "Yes." Okay. You're not the AV guy. Yes. I so. already I already forgot the answer. <laughs> there you go. Um okay, got some questions. Let's jump into it. All right. You ready? Let's start off with a fun one. Um, since we've got an Italian-American, I take it, there, oh. and a person who's lived in Italy, mm. that's you, I'd like to know each of your opinions on the best pizza in the Metroplex. Mm. Whoa. What do you got? You know, the best pizza I've had in the Metroplex has actually been homemade from some of our parishioners who have a brick pizza oven. Um, and they get the pizza dough from some restaurant that I haven't been to, but I imagine that that place would also have good pizza. Um, I can't say that I've been blown away by the pizza I've had yeah. in the Metroplex. I can't think of a place that's like a cut above um, now you've been all over the United States, right? You've tr you've tr or mostly just Europe. Mostly traveled. Europe, much okay. more Europe than the United States. I like, mean, I, have I've you I've been to been New York? To Chicago. I've been to New York, and I had some pizza there. Solid. Solid. Yeah, great. No, I I had pizza in Brooklyn. It was fantastic. I guess that's what I'm trying to compare to. You know. Yeah. My comparison is Jersey, New York pizza, right. which is thin crust. Mm-hmm. Like very crispy crust, but like sweet, you know, sauce and uh, just awesome. So I haven't, I'll be 100% honest, I have not found a place like that really. People will be like, try this place. It's just like, and it, it's good. It's but yeah, I mean, I like pizza and my wife loves pizza. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. 
we tried a place. I was trying to look up the name of it. Um, in had a place in Carrollton, Carne Rosa. Um, uh-huh. Rosa. <laughs> yeah. Is it's is that probably it's probably Carne Rosso. Carne Rosso. Um, place in Carrollton. Was heard of it. It was pretty good. A little different, abstract. Um, like wasn't very. Um, like set like it wasn't in new jersey i'm never going in and somebody's being like oh do you want this like specialty with like kale and this and that you, mm. you know it's like yeah you got your like sausage you got your pepperoni you jersey. got you, you know what i mean oh, yeah, or like your peppers and onions that's not mm. very common here you know like thinly sliced green bell peppers and red onion oh man so good we would yeah or a white pizza, we call it. Yeah. Um, like, there's like some broccoli, tomato, mozzarella, um, uh, ricotta, cheese. Ricotta, yeah. So good. Um, I will say the best, like, Italian place I've had in the Metroplex eaten at is Jimmy's Deli. Have you been down there? No. It's like... Oh, is that that like little grocery store yeah, deli? Yeah, yeah. Um, I heard about this place. I'm trying to find the address. I heard that if I Not wanted like people good need Parmesan, it. I could go down there. It, oh, yeah. They have like tons of things. It's and, near like uh, like Parkland and stuff. Children's Hospital, that kind of area. Right. And they... I've had their like... um, What was it? They're like... Yeah, I've had different sandwiches. They're like Italian beef. Really good. And they're, it's authentic, but I don't know, nothing else. Yeah. So Papa John, I have, <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. Like I just made like a hard distinction in my head between pizza in Italy and pizza in America. I know that like there's tons of different types of pizza in America. Same with Italy, actually regional. It's very different. Um, but that I'm just not really going to compare the two because pizza here is very different. That's maybe, true. Maybe not so much from Jersey that's similar, more similar to, to Rome because they've got the same the same kind of like calcium levels in the water also, mm. which really affects the taste of the bread. I'm serious. I know you um, are. That's the sad part. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, the calcium we, level with the bread. No, the, we don't have that here. Right. Um, and so you can't get quite the same taste in the in the crust um, it's on a, for a lot of things for it's a lot different of for like sauce. even sauce, uh, sauce gravy some of us call it <laughs> um, um even that. <laughs> even like soda in europe you, you know what i mean like the certain yeah. um things with, like with that. that you have the sugar versus right, the right, fake right. sugar or even coffee you know like yeah. The way they make That's it true. and different things. So it goes across the board. Yeah. But what I want to say is like once I made that distinction, like I'm not going to compare, you know, Domino's to uh, like the Trattoria pizza in right. Rome. Um, but I kind of like Domino's. <laughs> um, and so let it just be its own thing and be good okay. at being that thing. Uh, yeah, but That's like right. of the... Of places like that, let's call it fast food pizza. Okay. Domino's is your top? You're talking like Pizza Hut, Domino's, Papa, Papa John's. John's. I mean, my kids love Papa John's. Papa John's is pretty great. I just never... Well, the garlic I, sauce? I never order pizza 
True. Um, really? Because and people feed you as a priest and you don't very have entitled, to. Very yeah. Um, watching my figure, <laughs> all this stuff. No. I mean, I, I put E. Fertelli's like a level up. Yeah, E. Fertelli's is, is like the, the smash burger of fast food pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, or okay. something. Right. Um, I don't like smash burger that much anyway. Yeah, I'm not a big smash smash burger fan. Not that lest we you know, lest we yeah. digress. But yeah. I think if I was going to order pizza, if I was like having people over because it wasn't COVID anymore and was gonna watch a football game, nice and nice order little pizza, distinction. Yeah, um, I would default to Domino's. I think over Cath- Papa John's Catholic owner, right? Is he? I think so. Oh, he was the guy who did um, Ave Maria University, didn't he? Sponsor it to open it up. But he was like the original guy. It's not like they're all independently owned. So this local. Oh, because they're franchises. Right. Because that's what a franchise is. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't know. We'll have to learn more about this. Great question. Great question. (laughs) It evokes a lot of emotion from us. And if people have places they would like us to try, maybe we can like take our show on the road. Oh, that would be awesome. And just like. Or and even order a takeout and we could like eat it while we... We could have the pizza episode. Yeah. Or episodes. It could be an ongoing series because, be. you know, how could you cover all that ground in just one episode? <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Um, Emily asks, hey, guys, l- love the podcast. I was wondering what your thoughts are um, on the phrases, it's all part of God's plan mm. and God has a perfect plan for your life. Great Often, question. when I open to open up to someone about something difficult or particular heartache that I have, this is their response. Though I don't think their intentions are bad, these phrases never really feel like an encouragement and often leave me feeling more frustrated. After hearing these phrases, I also have the tendency to start comparing God's perfect plan for my life to someone else's life, which often leads to jealousy. I would love to hear your thoughts. Emily, that is superb question superb i i love it because it (laughs) yeah Uh, amazing fantastic (laughs) anyway (laughs) Emily, i i I love that question because it is so true we love cliche phrases in our culture that we can just go to and people will be like oh well you know it's all part of god's plan and it's like what is that i mean Maybe if they really authentically meant that and walked with somebody on that, mm-hmm. but it also frustrates me because it's like, well, are you really listening? Yeah. No, it's, I mean, that's what a cliche is, right? Something that you say that doesn't have much meaning anymore. Bless and, their heart. Yeah. Bless their heart. That has a lot of meaning. Um, <laughs> yeah. It means I'm about to jump down and throw yeah. somebody down and like run them over and then back up the truck, run them back over. But it's okay. I said, bless their heart. Yeah, so bless their heart. it's okay. Um, but yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this question? Yeah. No, the, the whole sort of like, what is God's plan for me thing? Um, it is. So it's something that is extremely common. Everybody wants to know, right? Um, but what I find is that we forget, like, we'll, we'll discuss all that in a minute, but we forget that whatever that means, that applies also to like the very present moment. And so when people are like, sometimes they'll be like, I just don't know God's plan for me. Um, 
with the implied, and I won't be happy until I do. And that's sort of focusing on the future uh, to the exclusion of the present. Right. And being like, God's will for me is right now where I am. Um, and he is present and he is offering sufficient grace for my growth and holiness right at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I don't like the language of God's plan uh, <laughs> because it makes it sound like it's something you have to figure out and walk that exact path. Otherwise you're doing it wrong. Right. And I don't think that's how it is yeah. at all. Like his plan for me is that I become a saint. Right. Basically that's it. And with my own sort of failures and cooperations with his grace, like he's never going to be thwarted in that. Um, I can never run so far away that he can't find me. Um, but like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, when he closes the door, he opens a window. Yeah. It's no, like, like all those of those. Are, those are encouraging kind of cliche phrases, but I, I really don't find them helpful. Right. And I think because it, goes, it makes it sound like, yeah. you know, yeah, God did make your family get sick or God did like make this happen. Right. And he's got some reason for it. It's like, no, God doesn't create evil. Right. Like, and in his permissive will, yeah, bad things can happen and he can work with that. Um, like there's, it's just, there, yeah, it's true that there's nothing out of his control because he's all powerful. But within his plan, which includes our freedom, like there's all sorts of stuff that happens that's just bad and we can call it bad. And I think it goes back to that episode that we did on accompanying people Yeah, that I don't think people are actively necessarily listening and know what to say back. And second, also, like, they're always looking for the most profound slash something to say back. Something to solve it. Yeah. This will take care of it. I'll say, well, better you than me or, you know, like all these different phrases. And it's like, can't you just listen and emphasize, you know, like emphasize. Empath- <laughs> oh, you got it. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have empathy uh, to, in that situation. You know, like you, just what they're going through. You know, like like listen, be present with that person instead of trying to solve it and say, "Well, you know that that is part of God's plan." Like, yeah, I understand. We have a perfect God. I want you to walk with me in this. You know. Yeah, I mean, evil is a problem, right? Evil has been a philosophical problem and a theological problem for a long time. Um, Probably always will be until the second coming. And always will be. Like, evil is something that doesn't make sense. It doesn't have meaning. It just happens. Um, And it's senseless, right? That's what I mean by it. like there yeah. doesn't have to be a profound meaning as to why this bad thing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it just happens. Like hurricanes hit places and devastate cities. That's not because God sent the hurricane so that these other things would take place. These good things, right? Um, bad stuff happens, and a lot of it is our fault. Hurricanes—they're not caused by my own sinfulness, right? Um, 
But like if I'm mean to somebody and then uh, I don't know, they they react badly to it and they like drive too fast and then cut somebody off and then that person's mean. Like, like my own sinfulness can start a chain reaction. Yeah. And it didn't have to be that way. I wasn't sinful because God wanted that plan to like <laughs> to carry off um, and to to go down those tracks. Yeah, like that chain reaction. He didn't cause me to be sinful. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's part of it. Is like we no sin sin is is on us. Um, and there are bad things that happen that are not sinful, and there are bad things that happen that are sinful. Um, and God does not create any of those so that something else happens. But because he's omnipotent and all good, like he can work to bring about good in the midst of evil, and that's that's what that's the the nugget of truth mm-hmm. that people are getting at with these cliche phrases, right? Um, but like, right? And I, I mean, know Saint, that yeah, Saint Paul talks about it, and he he concludes with saying, um, "Do I sin therefore that grace might abound? Um, by no means." But I know that God's grace can abound in every situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that he can use even something as fundamental as the original sin, right, uh, to make it into a happy fault, which is what we sing about in the Exalted on the Easter Vigil. Oh, happy fault, a necessary sin of Adam, which brought about such so great a redeemer. Like, like from our evil, he can still bring about good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's useful to see that as like this plan that he has that must unfold um, rather the way he works even with our freedom to bring about wh- whether he's our freedom well or, or for ill to bring about some good right um, that that he'll never be thwarted in that and there's times in our friendship if I can call it that yeah sure 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 Okay, first time we've talked about this. We're now friends, so <laughs> it's really awkward. But. It's our <laughs> friend anniversary on Facebook. Um, in our friendship, there's times where you'll say, I'll say, hey, don't, don't want you to brainstorm or solve this. I just need to get this out. Yeah. I think that also helps as well, like practical being like, hey, I, I, I know you're trying to help. Just yeah. want to let you know, I, I just need to share this. I'm really struggling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somebody who is a good friend in that, but we, we need to call people on those cliche things as well um, in a loving way, but also yeah, no, say like, hey, I know you're trying to be helpful. I just, I'd really like you to. That's not what I need to hear right now. Exactly. I do need to say this to you. Like I, I need to get this out, but I, you can't fix it and I don't really want you to try. I just right. need you to, to be there and to listen. Yeah. So, Emily, yeah, uh, yeah, question, Emily. great question, and sorry that that you know has been something you've had to go through, and we've all been there. And I guess that's a cliche, cliche phrase, phrase. Yeah. but um, I like that one. But <laughs> all been there, so, man. <laughs> um, all right, thank you, Emily, for sharing, and thanks for uh, sharing your name. Yeah, having the courage. All right, you inspecting your drink before you. Almost done. <laughs> um. If you guys could be sponsored by anyone, who would it be? <laughs> uh, Domino's. No. <laughs> Get out of here. I, I'm still a little torn 
that you would pick Domino's over like Papa John's or Pizza Hut. I, I think just don't both know Papa have Papa John that well. Like no one out pizzas like, personally? the hut. Like, that's a good <laughs> slogan. No one out pizzas the hut. I like it. But isn't Papa John's one like what was that whole slogan with him and Peyton Manning, you know, like I know it's Olive Garden is when you're here, it's family. But what am I thinking? <laughs> it's something like Papa John's. You know what I'm talking I about? There was something no, with Peyton Manning and him. <sighs> we'll have to look, if we only had a device to look up. Uh, sure it wasn't with Cooper Manning? or No. <laughs> Peyton's brother. So who would you His be? His other brother? I don't know. I've been playing on this, like, Bucky sponsorship the whole time. <laughs> uh, like One day they're going to sue um, us. <laughs> We're promoting them and gaining nothing in return. <laughs> um, there you go. But better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. That's all right. I don't know. That is a befuddling question. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we would want to be sponsored by like ESPN or something. Or oh, that would be good. Bucky's is cool as well. Bucky's is all right. But like ESPN or a gas station? <laughs> yeah, but it is like the nicest bathrooms in any gas amazing. station ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, or I think like Coca Cola. Yeah. I don't know. I like Coke Zero. So I'm a big Coke Zero guy. Or like, I don't know. I just wish we had a segment where it'd be like, hey, this next question is brought to you by, you know, the people at. Uh, yeah, that would be great. And then we can promo their. Yeah. It's like. And then we get their free stuff. Yeah. Ignatius like, Press. Like, they publish all these great books. Yeah, so like we have all of them because we're sponsored by them. But yeah. we want to share those with you and we'll put up a banner. Yeah. On our exactly. Screen. So if you're if you're listen, <laughs> listening Ignatius Press or <laughs> Ascension Presents or any of those. But here's yeah. the reason that I think Papa John's you would want on a sponsorship over Domino's. Just give me one second. Think of the people that have backed Papa John's compared to Domino's. Like, I can't even think of the celebrities that have backed Domino's. Can you? Nope. Like, I think of just Peyton Manning. Funny, great guy. Shaq. Okay. Like, even even your boy, like, Romo and Witten have been in commercials for, like, Papa John's. My like boy, Romo. <laughs> right? I mean, ish. I just feel like they have street creds more than you know dominoes and they have that little dipping garlic sauce thing yeah you keep bringing up the sauce i do like the sauce uh i'm just would you think call about that it. gravy too like a garlic gravy that you <laughs> dip into no because that's an actual sauce <laughs> this distinction doesn't make well any sense. we'll take it we'll take it it's over got later. no teeth to it all right uh, last uh last question theological Joey, I heard your baby was baptized. Congrats. Mm. I am wondering, though, your guys' thoughts on infant baptism. I know this is a tradition mm. in the Catholic Church. Uh-huh. I am still a little torn on it because I do wish somebody had the choice to actually say, this is what I choose, and I think we would have less nominal Catholics. I can understand that. I can understand somebody yeah, saying that. I can um, understand it. Um, but... If we go back to the point of baptism, right, to remove original sin, why would we keep somebody from that when we want right. to do it as soon as possible? Yeah. Um, so the scriptural basis for, for infant baptism uh, comes from Acts of the Apostles where they'll talk about, like, they were baptized along with their whole household, 
and there's an at least a real possibility uh, just from from that of that including uh, children below the age of reason um, and while that scriptural proof may not be enough strong enough on its own mm-hmm. to combat those who would say that's an argument from silence it just says household doesn't like list the infants or something um, like the tradition of the church then taken together with that gives us like this is what we've done. Mm-hmm. This is what we've always done. Um, I understand, like, so we're in a situation right now where there are a lot of nominal, in name only, or uh, cultural Catholics uh, who don't practice their Cafeteria faith anymore. Cafeteria Catholics. Cafeteria Catholics who pick and choose, who don't practice their faith anymore. And I understand, like, the desire to have, like, a, an authenticity of witness where when people think Catholic, they think of people who practice their faith. Right. Um, and not people who, who don't. And it seems like there's a lot more people or at least many, many people who don't. Um, I understand that. It just, I don't know. Maybe it's just the same answer you gave. Like if it were you, right? If it were you, would you want to be, being raised in this environment of the faith, um, having access to the sanctifying grace through baptism, uh, which the, f- the rite of baptism itself talks about as the gateway to the sacraments. Um, would you want that when you were going through those difficult formative years sustaining you and hopefully bringing you up in a strong Catholic culture? Um, because there is no like neutral upbringing. Right. And I think that that can lie behind some people who would who would say, like, I'm not going to bring my child up in any religion. I'm going to let them choose for themselves later. But by then they've been formed in a very secular mindset that that's like an appropriate default. And then you get to add on religion later where we believe that, like, the truths of the Catholic faith are necessary truths Mm -hmm. um, that like some of them are accessible outside of the Catholic faith just by reason alone and other ones only come through revelation. Why would we deprive uh, anyone of that? Um, and, and don't you think it's a little bit, maybe I'm off base on this. You'll tell me. Don't you think it's a little bit of just jealousy for some of their friends who have encountered the Lord at a later age and had this big, like, could say, like, I chose my, like, oh, I, yeah. I think it's just desiring yeah, yeah. instead no, of sure. being like, they, they want a reason to celebrate what, you know, somebody got to do later on instead, like, well, I wasn't there. I wasn't able to like celebrate it in the moment, even though this is something I live and I choose. Yeah. And it's like, I've been faithful my entire life. I never had this big transformative moment. Yeah. Like the, the older brother in the, like, this is like yeah, literally the, this prodigal, is the prodigal son. son. Luke 15. Um, yeah. Wow. Nice. Um, <laughs> Wait, are you surprised that I brought up like an insightful comment? <laughs> that was literally your reaction. Such, it was like, huh, such disdain. Like, nice. Didn't expect like, that from you. I yeah. uh, thought I was supposed to be the Bible guy here. And, um, um, yeah. Sorry. That, that whole nice thing just got me totally. totally like, no, but, uh, you know, I was saying... 
I think they want to almost be like publicly affirm that it's like, but I'm I'm living this out. I, I'm choosing this. I'm living out my baptism. This and this person got to celebrate it in a huge way. And you know, like well, and yeah, yeah. So there's there's that, but like it's always dangerous in the spiritual life to compare yourself to another. Yep. First of all, like we put off an exterior uh, that appears a lot more put together than our interior is, and that's true of everybody. It was true in seminary. You would be looking around at these other seminarians being like, that guy's got it all together. Man, I wish I had like the piety or the ability to just kneel for that long in prayer or something. But like I've got, you know, these family knees that just can't handle it. Um, And like you start comparing and then, I don't know, as as a priest, you really see it because we hear so many confessions. It's like nobody has it put together. Yeah. I don't, no one else does. It doesn't matter what they look like on the outside or even how they describe their prayer. Like sometimes people use very emotive words when they're talking about the consolation they receive in prayer or when they receive communion or something like that. It's not about the emotion, even though I understand that uh, that we want it to be because good emotion feels good. We want that uh, consolation, but right. that's that's not a lasting thing. Um the zeal of the convert is a very true thing, right? Um, but the converts, the converts got the got the past that he's going to have to deal with for the rest of his life, and the zeal didn't last forever, right? Um, and like I, uh, I think y'all know about my sort of reversion story. I was I was raised in the faith, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't really practice my faith very strongly through high school. Uh, and drifted away and stopped going to mass even and had a very strong, I call it a conversion because it's easier to say that than reversion, Mm -hmm. but had a strong experience of conversion in college and came back. But like I have to deal with my past that I was as wayward as I was. And I would prefer if I'm just going to do the grass is greener and compare thing, I would prefer that I had been faithful my entire life (laughs) and was like, like what a, who, who's better than St. Therese, uh, who never committed a mortal sin, according to her confessor, in her entire life? Who just, mm-hmm. like, and, you know, she would regard herself as the most sinful uh, and imperfect and little and right. all this stuff. But that's just the, the humility of sainthood, being able to see our small imperfections as clearly as she, she does. Yeah. But anyway, the point is, like, it's, I don't know. I understand it's it's a good question. I don't want to yeah to act no, like it's I'm a great dismissing question. the question in any way. But well, and one but thing, just like well, it's better to have all of the grace, <laughs> all of the means of grace, all of the structures of grace, um, the support of the uh, Christian community around you yeah. from the very beginning. Um, and what I tell my kids if they were to ever ask me. Why didn't you, you know, why'd you choose this? You know, I'd say, what's my job? My job, Dom, Fran, Sophia, is to get you to heaven. And when I'm presented with the choice to say, hey, this can remove original sin and give you sanctifying grace. As a parent, I'd find it like delinquent of myself to not give that to my child if I want to give them, you know, like eternity in heaven. So, um, but on that, you brought up one thing. I know we're a little over, but I just like this distinction because people will bring up, it'll be like, well, 
but Jesus was older when he was baptized, <laughs> you know? Um, cause I have uh-huh. heard that brought up at this, um, point of like infancy baptism and well, Jesus, but could you just bring up, I, I believe we did it possibly in another episode, but, um, we're not talking about the same type of baptism that is happening with an infant as we are with Jesus because it was not removing original sin, you know? So, I mean, you know, Jesus descended into the waters to make them holy (laughs) so that those waters can now be the instrument of communicating God's grace to make us holy. Um, He received the baptism of John and so instituted baptism as a sacrament. Um, Right. We're baptized uh, into the Holy Trinity. Yeah. to the inner life of the Holy Trinity. Um, and that's why we only accept a Trinitarian baptism in the Catholic Church from other ones. So we don't yep. accept like in the name of the Creator and the Sanctifier and the Redeemer or, you know, what whatever, different ones that happen. So yeah. just important to, you know, articulate that. I've heard people say, well, Jesus was older. I'm like, yeah, a little different. Yeah. He was also perfect in God, but okay, we can talk about that yeah. later. So, um, well, let's stop it there. Um, just a reminder to our adoring fans. Um, We'll be taking off next week, um, spend some time just giving thanks to God for all you amazing people and, um, you know, this podcast and everything. And we'll be celebrating Thanksgiving and eating some turkey and watching some football and doing the Cowboys wreck shop. And trying to climb to the top of the <laughs> NFC at three wins. So <laughs> it'll be great. But we love your questions. Please keep on um, submitting those questions. Um, Prodigal and the priest at gmail.com or stanamparish.org slash PTP. Thank you so much. You all have a great Thanksgiving. Take care. God bless.